everybody, welcome to the PC Perspective Podcast. This is episode 299, which means after this comes 298 in the slow descent back to where we stop doing the show at zero. Who's in for the long haul? 300 more episodes? Jeremy, you've, you've got to be in. Do it standing on my head. I already have. <laughs> uh, today is May 7th, 2014. I am Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Hellstrom. I'm Josh Walrath. And I'm Alan Mamontano. And we're going to have a uh, guest appearance. We're actually going to lose. We're going to kick Alan off the show momentarily. Uh, and then we'll bring in Maury. He's going to talk about a, uh, a product review. And then we'll kick him off the show and bring Alan back here in just a little bit. Uh, before we do that, a couple of housekeeping things to get to. First, we record this show live every Wednesday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. And we do so at pcper.com slash live. You can come watch us record the show live, hang out in the chat room, make fun of people, uh, offer suggestions, answer questions, ask questions, that kind of stuff. And if uh, you know our, our schedule, our regular schedule is not enough for you, you can go to pcper.com slash subscribe. And if you do that, you get a little form. We ask for your name. We ask for your email address. And then you are signed up for our mailing list. And all we do is send you emails whenever we are getting ready to start live events. This is important... This is important because sometimes we do unique live events. On Saturday, we did a live event where we uh, did a game stream of the PC Perspective and Fragging Frogs Virtual Land Party number six, which I attended. Jeremy, I know you were at. It's true. And um, you uh, posted up a results page of this. This was actually a really cool event, and I was excited. It has, it has grown quite a bit. Um, we had prizes to give away. What what kind of stuff did they give away? Oh, like two dozen FX 8350 processors from AMD. You know, just a couple. Wow. Okay. Uh, Worsam from AMD tossed in his own personal 7990 dual GPU. <laughs> and 10 Never Settle Forever silver game codes. AMD did a really good job. But wow. yeah. I got to say, Flack kind of stepped it up a notch. Uh, giving away games from EA or from Epic, anyone in their library, signed by Tim Sweeney. You could also pick up some of the strategy guides and posters, again, signed by Tim Sweeney. Uh, yeah, they were like, and it was, you know, whatever Epic game we have, you want, we probably have it. Just tell me, just tell her what it is. She'll get it signed and have it sent off to you. So it's not like they have a stack of stuff pre-signed and it was something that was left over from some competition they had. They were going to you know, take the things that you wanted, the game that you wanted to go get signed, go get it signed and send it to you. It was really, really, really cool. Um, and yes, there was a UTK4 guide that you could get. That's pretty awesome. Uh, yeah. You know, huge props to uh, Lenny for helping set up and organize all of this stuff. He did, a, he did a fantastic job. I know it's a lot of work to deal with a lot of people like that and then dealing with the prizes. A huge thanks goes out to Sam at AMD and all the guys at AMD for, for participating and then obviously uh, Flack at Epic for that. It was, it was a load of fun. Um, and as many people in the chat room have already been saying – it was it was like there was a there was a game that we had where there were uh it was i don't know what we called it jeremy but they were uh you would go on a battlefield map and the only purpose was to find two specific people the first two to take their dog tags won a prize right the first time mm-hmm. first two people to you knife them stab them now i got knifed got probably right away i got probably knifed six or seven times but i wasn't worth a prize so people just were out to get me apparently and wanted to stab me with a knife Virtually, I mean, in the game. So, 
who doesn't? It was. But, it, go ahead. I was just going to say that uh, our last land party was about thirty and change people. Uh, with all the work Lenny and the Fragging Frogs have done, we were well over sixty uh, playing, and even more than that, just sort of sitting in the background and talking. So, yeah. if you've got any interest whatsoever in joining our next VLAN. Or uh, on the regular gaming days, uh, there's probably a couple of fragging frogs not watching us and actually playing right now. Yeah. Uh, head over. How to dare the- they? <laughs> well, they're they're confused. They, they they just don't quite have their priorities. You could, they could have us on yet. like on their phone or on a laptop or on a tablet while they're gaming. We never know. You don't know. see that's it. We need we need a tie-in to in a game. Yeah. But yeah, if you've got any interest whatsoever, drop by the gaming forums. Uh, drop Lenny a PM. And, you know, try. we're always around, so it's going to match up with your schedule. It's a hell of a community, and you yeah. should join up and make sure you come to the next VLAN. Yeah, the next one, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to talk with them about when we want to schedule that because this was even kind of, again, even for me, it was kind of like, uh, you know, my wife needed to do some things. I had to do some other things that day, so I was only able to play for like three hours or something like that. Um, and I streamed out the whole time, which was really fun. We had the TeamSpeak server, you know, tons of space on that for people. It was it was it was an it was a lot of fun. It it really really was. Uh, I didn't know how a you know having a group of sixty to eighty people on a single TeamSpeak server would work out. Uh, but surprisingly well, push to talk is your friend. Uh, and <laughs> uh, it was it was it was a load of fun. It was a load of fun. So uh, I'm looking forward to the to the next one of that later in the summer. Uh, also coming up. Tomorrow, if you watch this live, if you're, wa- if you're getting this after the fact, I don't know if this event will already have happened. It will depend on Ken's schedule. <clears throat> uh, but we have uh, JJ coming in studio tomorrow, May 8th, at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern for an Asus Z97 motherboard live streaming event. So uh, uh, JJ will be in-house and a crowd favorite, I'm sure. He's going to talk through uh, all the new Asus Z97 motherboards. We'll go through all the lineups, the standards, the uh, Tough series, the ROG series. We'll do Q&A. He'll have all kinds of demos to show off. We have some prizes to give away. We're giving away a Z97A motherboard and a Maximus 7 Hero motherboard as well. Uh, we'll be doing that on the live stream. That's, uh, again, May 8th, tomorrow if you're watching this live. Uh, and that will be at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. If you don't catch it live, you can still get all the demos and explanations and motherboard uh, information. Uh, we'll have a news post up on PCPer.com, and also it'll be available on our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash PCPer. So uh, that'll be awesome as well. So if you have the ability, if you can sneak away at work um, or just, you know, hey, put on some headphones. Who cares what that boss says anyway? Uh, you can watch that event tomorrow. So that'll be a lot of fun. Speaking of which, let's uh, bring in Maury, who is online with us now. Maury, are you there? Maury, come in. Hello. All right, Maury, we're here to talk about the Asus Z97 motherboard review that you did. This is the Z97 Deluxe from Asus. Uh, We wanted to bring you in and talk about this kind of, you know, specifically it's a new chipset. And then uh, as a kind of promotion, I guess, for our stream tomorrow, with JJ, so um, give me a little bit of breakdown. What is new about the Z97 Deluxe, and what is new, if anything, about the Z97 chipset by itself? Okay, uh, we've covered some of this before when we went over the ASUS overview. That's right. But yeah. basically, ASUS what they did with all of their boards um, across the board, and that's very cliche. I know um, they 
basically used the Z97 launch to redo their aesthetics and some of uh, and uh, some of the branding across their lines, right? Um, they, uh, you know, for for the channel uh, for the channel board we're looking at here, the Z97 Deluxe. They read. Um, you still have the black and gold, but they muted the gold a little bit to make it a lot less garish than the old channel board coloration was. And they also added the round heatsink to it, which, in my opinion, looks a lot nicer than uh, yeah. you know than the old design. And it and it um, differentiates it from the old line. Um, the board itself looks a lot. I mean, I like the looks of the, the channel boards a lot more. As uh, than their old boards, they look a lot sleeker, a lot more professional than the old ones did. I mean, the old ones kind of not didn't look quite Mickey Mouse, but you know, they <laughs> were kind of cartoony a little bit with it. Yeah, no, I agree. Really... the 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 color the coloration on these I think looks classy, uh, and I think it was uh, Austin Evans sent me a tweet when we posted out this review that he was surprised that there was a good-looking gold and black motherboard or a good-looking motherboard with gold on it. it it's not quite. Uh, it's a it's a pretty large step from the ECS. What was that the AX2? Yeah, the Golden Dragon. I yeah. think it was or something. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's quite a step away from that. I'm not gonna say which one's better. Everybody's allowed to have their own opinions. Uh, but probably this one. Continue. Okay. Well, with with this board, it intro- You know, this is this is their Z97 board. Z97 introduces. Uh, the ability to use SATA Express and a new M.2 standard, both which are able to run at 10 gigabit per second. So it's not quite double of SATA 3, but it's better. Both of those are also running directly on the PCIe bus as opposed uh, – I mean, they're still running. They're, they're taking PCIe lanes. They're, they have dedicated lanes for the, um, for the SATA Express and for the, uh, the M.2 slots as opposed to the way the uh, SATA did through the typical controller. Um, you know, you're not going to see much of a performance boost when you're plugging in a normal SATA device into an, either the M.2 slot or into a SATA, one of the SATA ports on the SATA Express slot. But in testing, we actually did see a little bit of bump on... Let me see. Let me get to that. Sorry. I'm... Uh, right. It's on the... Let's see, on the, what is it, on the rights, we actually saw a bit of a bump. We saw maybe, you know, uh, 5% boost in speed mm. when you were either using M.2 or SATA Express. Um, on rights only, reads were the same. Um, I mean, but you're still, you're talking uh, over 500 megabit per se- or megabyte per second transfer rates on, on a SATA device, which is, which is good. Um, the SATA Express port itself consists of two SATA 3 ports, and then there's a, a smaller port, smaller device port next to it. And those three, um, three device ports is SATA Express. The third port is for, I believe it's a control lane, so that uh, you can get the maximum bandwidth out of the two SATA 2 ports. Now, unique to the ASUS board, um, and, they, and they have this, depending on what line you're talking about, what board you're talking about, they kind of change up, you know, how many SATA Express devices they have, how many SATA ports they have, whatever. Okay. But this board has a Z. It has the Z97 chipset, and it also has an AS Media chipset, which is an ASUS internal chipset. So it can support two SATA Express ports as well as the M.2 port. Now the unique thing mm. here, or not, it's not unique, but and I've seen this on other other manufacturer other boards from other manufacturers, the SATA Express. Port and 
but one of the State Express ports and the M.2 port share bandwidth. Okay. Okay. Um, some manufacturers are either or. Asus chose to make it share bandwidth. So if you had two devices plugged in, it's going to share bandwidth and fight for bandwidth over those two ports. It's not going to fully disable them, but huh, okay. uh, you know it's going to share bandwidth. So, so this uh, it, the, the hmm? Z ninety seven Deluxe is this their highest end of the channel boards? This is their flagship channel board. Yes. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, the you know the uh, it's so I mean it's got a, it's got a slew of SATA ports. It's got you know it's got three SATA Express capable ports theoretically. Um, it's it's got a lot of uh, USB three ports, some yep. USB two ports. It's got built in Wi Fi. That's eight hundred two eleven dual channel. Uh, hmm. it, they also include a uh, there's a Thunderbolt port on the is that Thunder? Wait, is that that's I think that's, I think that's just mini display port on the back. Oh no, that's yeah, that's mini HDMI. Oh sorry, okay, but they do have Thunderbolt capabilities. They include the Thunderbolt Thunderbolt EX two card with this board. Yeah, uh, that's right. Which is nice. It, that that's that board is Thunderbolt two is capable of twenty gigab- gigabyte per second transfer rates. Gigabit. Gigabit. Sorry, gigabit. Um, they also include two NFC capable modules. One is for uh, wireless charging if your device is capable of that, and one is for wireless NFC transfer. Interesting. Okay? Yeah, it's it, it's it, they really. I mean, they they basically. You know, I said this in a the conclusion. They basically packed everything but the kitchen sink into this board. I I uh, love the fact that they have included the Thunderbolt EX2 on this. It's actually the dual, so it actually supports two ports on it. The because the first version of this was never released, right? We have a couple that we use internally because we had samples, um, but all of their Z87 motherboard lines supported these cards, and they never they they were never released. The fact that not only are they releasing this, but they're including it with the deluxe board is pretty awesome. So I am excited about that, and hopefully for uh, increased Thunderbolt adoption and acceptance and accessories and stuff like that. Yeah, they're they're definitely pushing Thunderbolt uh, with with this generation. That's for sure. Because uh, the, the biggest the biggest problem with Thunderbolt is um, there was some kind of fight between getting the the uh, specs standardized, and they finally got the uh, this Intel spec to or Intel to standardize uh, the spec and to verify or validate the Thunderbolt two card. So, so they're really pushing it with this generation. Let me ask you this: What is the device? The wireless chargers or a wireless charger yes that yeah that's uh one of those pictures let me give me a second let me get the box and actually pull it out here i've got got the pictures pulled up oh you got the pictures okay and it shows wpc qi or is it yeah there you go they got the you got the back of it right there so if you scroll up a little bit um it looks just like yeah see how uh, see how the the device has that symbol on it it looks like like an on off symbol that is some kind of standardized symbol for wireless charging. It's it's the QI. I can't remember if it's if it's pronounced QI or if it's pronounced key or something like that. Quite yep. interesting. Quite. Now yeah. uh, I did some research on this because I you know I have an I have an S three and my wife has an S four. I'm going to be getting an S five soon. Um, apparently there are some devices that that support this standard, but there's not a lot out there. The S five does support it natively. The S4 oh, okay. and the S3 both have add-on battery packs you can get gotcha. for them. Because basically there's got to be some kind of connector in it, uh, some kind of uh, receiver in, a char- in the Yeah, you've got to have an inductor in it. Back kind panel of built or something in for to, it. Yeah, yeah. To, to make yeah. the induction work. 
Um, and I'm sure they have stuff for the uh, for the iPods and tablets and all. But basically, what Asus is pushing with this is you have both modules sitting right next to each other. You have your tablet or smartphone sitting on the charger while it's communicating with the computer through the other NFC port. Gotcha. So it's 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 uh you know it's a really neat thing and they, and they're they're black they're nice looking you know I mean they'll kind of blend in with whatever other gear you have so. Okay, I, I think it's cool. They even included in this picture here. You can see they included an NFC tag, which uh, yep. I have one that, here that I've been trying to play around with. I can't get it to write. I can't get my phone to write to it to do anything interesting. But they, I mean, it's almost as if ASUS was like, "Man, we kind of ran out of stuff to put in the box to make the deluxe like a more expensive, higher end product." Um, and I think these these are interesting things. I'd like to um, maybe maybe they should have contacted Hitachi. <laughs> I'm I'm just hoping that uh, I think JJ sent one of these boards here for uh, our videos that we're going to do tomorrow. I'm going to make him. I'm going to tell him he has to keep it here so that I can. I'll build my system out of it and try to use all these weird things and see if they're actually useful for kind of consumers in the long run. Now, now, Ryan, you mentioned that NFC tag. The interesting thing with that is you can actually use that with Windows 8 for login if you want to. Um, if you wanted an added layer of security, you can actually use that tag. You basically uh, bring it in contact or close to the NFC hmm. receiver, and it will actually act as a login device and a, and a security device. That that's that's what they at least that's what they were uh, pimping so, in uh, manuals. So. Yeah, the idea then that's if your phone doesn't have NFC built in. But if your phone has NFC built in, I guess you could probably just use your phone. Uh, yeah, I believe so. I think yeah. so. Yeah, but it's cool and, to have those tags to do. You can do other interesting things with it. Ken and I were talking about it before. It's a topic for another time, but it's interesting to see what you can do with it. But go ahead. Um, what else? Yeah. What else about the board? I mean, in terms of we talked about all the features it has and yep. uh, performance-wise, we're not expecting much, right? It's still uh, supporting Haswell processors. Have they talked about upcoming processors with this at um, all? The, well, the, the upcoming processors, basically you're, um, you're going to have a Haswell refresh of processors coming out soon. Um, mm-hmm. I don't, you know, we don't know when. They're going to be some sometime no, between don't. the official May 11 launch and probably August. You know, and you're going to have non-K and K process upgrade processors coming out. The Z97 boards will support both the old Haswells and the new Haswells, but the new Haswells will not work on a Z87 line. You have to have a Z97 mm-hmm. to use the new Haswell processors. Um, they're upgrading. They did some work on the internal uh, power regulation and that kind of thing in the CPUs with the motherboards that require the uh, use of the new chipsets for them. Um, the other thing that Asus did was they actually upgraded the power components on the board. Um, uh, with, the, with their previous lines, they kind of differentiated the lines more with the power components they used. You know, the ROG and the um, Tough series always had the high-end top components, you know, that, you know, you could set fire to them and the board would still work. Sweet. <laughs> um, these boards actually have upgraded chokes on them. Um, they have the 10K, capac- the 10K black capacitors. They have uh, all... They have some ESD protection in the USB uh, stuff, so that if you know if you had a, a power um, a power surge, the uh, it wouldn't fry your board. It would re- it would uh, it would um, it would uh, trip the the ESD in your in your USB, and uh, you know you wait ten minutes, fifteen minutes, and the USB will come back to life. You know it all gotcha. reset. And I I did ask them pointedly about that in in the uh, meetings we had with them. 
The other cool thing is that all fan headers support up to one amp of power delivery, which is incredible. Because most lot. of the time, you know, if you put more than a 0.3 amp fan in it, you'd let, be let me let pushing. me ask you this: Why do I want a one amp fan? Well, no, it's not a one amp fan, but you can drive multiple fans from a single header. So, mm, so say okay. if you had a CPU cooler with two or three fans on it, it had you know two or three point you know point two five or point three amp fans. You drive that from one header on this ASU board. Maybe some other accessories and stuff too that you might plug in through that. Uh, maybe most most other accessories you plug in through that are going to be for monitoring, like you know your mm, water block. Okay. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah so, some of the some of the all in one coolers, uh, their pumps run off of. Um, the pumps do run off of the fan headers, but that's only the lower end stuff. The higher end stuff, actually, uh, usually the pumps run directly off Molex because you know they just need the power. Gotcha. Um, but or, or maybe you ran yeah, one of those older could, Delta fans. You know, yeah. <laughs> the ones. Yeah, that, you, could, you could. Yeah, you couldn't even yeah. hear yeah. your motherboard catch on fire. Fan. Yeah. Um, the other cool thing they did was they upgraded the sound. The sound comes. They. they uh, they integrated their new version of their sound chipset, the Crystal Sound 2 is what they're calling it. They also included, I believe it has um, the upgraded audio capacitors on it as well. Um, and it has, you know, of course, the audio PCB has the, the line that you can see where the audio PCB and the uh, board PCB are separated. Yeah, you can see here so. in this picture. So they kind of, the idea is they don't put any other logic around that on the PCB to kind of prevent noise. Um, from the audio controller to the actual analog outputs, right? Exactly. Um, and that's the thing is, is that that is that is a common theme with most manufacturers uh, with the Z97s. They're all doing this separate audio PCB, enhanced caps, you know, um, different different chipset, all this stuff. So, but um, you know, I mean, a lot of the caps they're using on on the audio section are they're not your normal caps. These are you know, higher-end audio-specific caps you'd find in your audio, you know, your your receivers in your home home theater system. Like Nishikon. So, like Nishikon, yes. yes. Interesting. I don't, know, I don't right. know for sure if these are Nishikon or not, though, Josh. Let's, um, um, there are some boards that do have the Nishikon on them, but I'm not sure if these ones are the Nishikon ones. Let's, uh, so are, give, me, give, me, give me a couple of... So we've talked a lot about the hardware stuff. Obviously, there's a lot more in the review if people want to go read that. But give me a high level. What has changed in the BIOS, EFI, or the software? Or is it just kind of modest optimizations from what they had before? No. Uh, we'll, start with the, we'll start with their uh, Windows application software. Application software, they actually changed their Windows application. They, um, they went from calling it uh, what uh, dual intelligent processors uh, – uh, with four-way optimization to dual intelligent processors with five-way optimization. Mm-hmm. The fi- the, yeah, the four-way optimization basically included your uh, turbo processing unit, which is your normal overclocking type stuff, your uh, energy processing unit, which is your um, energy energy saver stuff, digipower control, which is going to be your VRM type stuff, fa- power phases, that kind of stuff, and fan expert, which is your fan controller. That's that's four-way optimization. With five-way optimization, they added in something called TurboApp into that. What TurboApp is, is TurboApp actually allows you to set up application-specific profiles based on the other four optimization methods. So you can actually put an application in, 
and or and tie to hotkey or just have it auto sense and when that application runs and you hit the hotkey or whatnot it will enact your profile your power profile hmm. that's cool um you know so it's 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 very you know they do some real nice advancements there um you know, it's a very sleek. You know, the, the the interface on is very nice. I mean, it's it's very reminiscent of the old of the of the older version, but it you know, it's it's just it's a nice little. Uh, yeah, they nice, they nice do they do a good job of they've done a good job. I think more than any other uh, motherboard vendor of kind of modernizing and making the interface easier to use, more intelligent, uh, and you know. I don't, you know, easier to understand, I guess, is the way to put it. What about in the in the BIOS or EFI directly? I, I don't want to spend too much time on this because I know a lot of what we're going to do tomorrow with JJ is going to be centered around the software and all the demos they're going to do uh, through that. Right. Okay. BIOS biggest change they made was easy mode. Easy mode used to be an okay mode, but usually you'd skip it and go right to advanced mode. They actually made it more usable. Um, they uh, they added more. Uh, they, they rearranged stuff on it, and they actually added some. GUI specific wizard, so you can actually, from easy mode, use a wizard to set your, you know, if you want to do, uh, uh, you know, um, profile or you know, if you want to do the uh, preset profile based overclocking, go through wizard and say, okay, this is how I'm using my computer. I'm going to use it for gaming and raid and whatever, and the wizard will actually guide you through that. Um, I like you know, that they got the boot priority kind of. Right there. Priority, so front and center, they have the fan stuff. The you can actually fan, do, um, yeah, yeah the, the fan stuff. You can actually, it's it's a interface is very reminiscent of the uh, Fan Expert Craft three UI that they have in the Windows app. A lot of the a lot of the mm-hmm. UFI uh, the easy mode apps are the wizards are reminiscent of what they have in their Windows apps. They I would really like to I would like to game. know I'd like to know how you took the screenshot on January first, two thousand nine though. Oh yeah, that was uh <laughs> I forgot the Dude, you're so biased. Man, I'm so, so biased. biased. Yes. From the um, from the past. But yeah, they they added, they just added a lot of nice, you know, nice wizards and nice you know they, they the fact that added you can a lot put of nice Windows uh, Windows based curves. functions that they t- taken advantage of the Windows based nature of the UEFI BIOS. Yeah. Um it's cool you know looking. I mean it, it's it's it really is what you expect from an ASUS BIOS. It, you know they did upgrade. You know they updated the look of it a little bit. Even even the advanced oh. mode, they updated the look of it. Um, but you know it, you get what you expect in the BIOS. It just has an updated look. And from what I understand and seeing stuff in their um, in their uh, preview meetings, each board line will be custom. The BIOS will be customized looking feel wise for that board line like the rog bios is going to be red and black and it's going to probably have some enhanced features that rog is going to put in there sure you know the ws line is going to be something different than this the tough line is going to be your desert camo look and it's going to have much more energy efficient type stuff in it that kind of thing but you'll and you'll see those in Very our cool. later reviews of course all right um, um so I, give me give me a summary here of this board we have a lot of z97 products coming up you have you have motherboards in from MSI and Gigabyte. I don't know. We've had some from EVGA in as well. Others from ASUS. I, I don't. I don't want to say. I don't want anybody. To, I don't want you to even say this is the this is the best motherboard you should buy because we have so many other Z97s to look at. But what's your kind of takeaway from this particular board? I like this board. I, I this uh, the board performed well. It it, um, it there was really no issues with it. Um, you know, I didn't. I, I really found no issues with this board. I like the. I like the package. Um, I mean, really, the only issue was the price. I mean, the price of this board, with all the goodies they include with it, is three ninety nine. It's a premium over the board without the goodies, which is sure. two ninety nine. 
Okay. Um, you know, and the only other thing was the AS Media Controller. It didn't perform. You know, its performance was uh, sub 400 uh, megabyte per second transfer rates. Gotcha. Um, but we've seen that on you know on other companion chipsets. It's very rare that a companion chipset will equal the Intel chipset performance. Uh, but you know it's it's a really good board. It's it's well it's well uh, it looks good. It's uh, performs well. It's uh, well designed and it's got a lot of neat features in it. You know that's why I gave it a gold gold award. Even though it was the first board, you know I kind of knew what we were getting into sort of with it. And it, you know I was very impressed with this board, especially since it was a channel board. You know very cool. All right. Um, well, thank you very much for uh, guest spotting in on the show this week, uh, Maury. I think you had the most kind of important and. Uh, informative review that went up you know that was going to be around for the for for the long haul so i wanted to make sure we had your your input here if you want to hear more about uh this particular motherboard the asus z97 deluxe and anything else asus has for the z97 chipset uh make sure you tune in to our live stream or if you listen to this after the fact you can find it uh on our website at pcpro.com or on our youtube channel oh yeah. ryan one more thing i wanted i wanted to say also it's something that came up in chat um this board and uh, most boards in the Asus line currently do not have PLX chips, so they're going to run at 844 if you populate all PCI Express X16 okay. chat, uh, slots. The only board in the Asus line currently that I know of that has an inbuilt PLX chip is the w, uh, the uh, Z97WS board, which is part of their workstation line. And that, that, again, you will see in a future review probably in the next uh, few weeks to a month. So. Cool. Um, just throwing out there, and the PLX chip basically gives you eight by eight by eight by eight because it's got four slots in the PLX chip. Adds some more PCIe lines. Um, they, now, the the other thing is that well, there is a PLX chip on the board that's for the SATA Express because they had to add more PCIe lines to mm. support the added um, not PCIe Express, the SATA Express on the AS Media chip. So. Um, you know, just to kind of muddy the waters further there. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be uh, hearing from you a lot in the next coming weeks about all these different motherboards, so stay tuned. Uh, thanks for joining us, Maury. We're going to hang up on your ass now, and we're going to call Alan back. Hopefully he's not packing again in his free time, and uh, we will continue on with the show. Um, let's. Uh, we're going to move to – actually, Sebastian was quite productive this week. He got a couple of reviews out for us, the first one being of the Cooler Master Sidon. Sidon? Sidon. I'm going to go with Sidon. It's like Poseidon without the P. Sounds right. Right, Josh? Sidon? Sure. Poseidon? Sidon? Uh, 120V liquid CPU cooler. This is a unit from Cooler Master. Uh, and, and an interesting kind of twist to the story. You can see it's a self-contained water cooling kit. Nothing... Um, this is not like a, a really high-end, super extraordinary unit. It's a pretty good unit. Uh, but it does it, uh, it doesn't have I don't know some of the bells and whistles you might see I don't know what bells and whistles you have with self-contained CPU coolers but uh, Sebastian compared it to Cooler Master's own Hyper 12 Evo Hyper 212 Evo rather which is not a like new, the most popular heatsink ever yeah it, it is like the ever. most popular heatsink ever and it's been around for a long time too I think uh, but still very effective and also low cost what was what's this thing cost it's like, like 35 29 bucks, yeah. bucks? Yeah, that's so cheap. Yeah. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. And look at those heat pipes. Look at them. They come in direct contact with your processor. They're super. With spaces. And then when uh, you get heat expansion and contraction, it, it differs the pressure on the heat spreader. You know? Is that good or bad? Let's talk physics. 
It's not good. It's not. It's but not you know good. what? It's not gonna destroy anybody's CPU. It's not gonna hurt anything. Um, no. He he kind of he kind of used that the 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 Sidon 120V and the Hyper 212 Evo uh, and then the AMD stock cooler, which obviously was gonna perform poorly, just to kind of see how these things compared. And what what he kind of came away with it was that the the Hyper 212. Is actually a really really good part still. If you look at some of these some of these temperatures, right? The the forty seven seventy stock uh, under load, the the Cooler Master Side one twenty V water cooler is only two degrees Celsius lower than the the Hyper two twelve Evo, right? Uh, and overclocked, that difference is still. It's actually two degrees better on the two twelve Evo now that I look at it um, when it's overclocked to the forty seven seventy k to four point five gigahertz. So um, this is actually the review is of the side one twenty V, but it may be more of a recommendation for the Hyper two twelve Evo. Uh, it's a little bit quieter. You can see here in these tests as well under load and under OC load. Um, and let's see what's he doing here. Oh, even a little bit further, one point four volts. That's a lot of volts going into that sandy bridgey part there too so uh i again i i think this the the Sidon 120v is an interesting unit but um since he already had he bought the 212v anyway to kind of compare it to it and it turned out to be the 212 evo was kind of the standout part there uh from cooler master's kind of modest cooling line i think um the this particular part is only the the Sidon is a fairly low cost unit isn't it it's like um Fifty or sixty-five, sixty-five dollars or so. Uh, so it's low cost in terms of the self-contained water cooling unit. Fifty bucks, or even cheaper than that. That's pretty cheap for a self-contained water cooler. But maybe there's a reason it's less expensive. And but hey, for a thirty-five dollar CPU cooler, that's pretty good as well. So check out that review if you're interested in comparing those two parts. He also, Sebastian, also wrote a review of a uh, crowdfunded case. Have you guys ever? Have you guys heard of this case before? Well, I've seen it kicking around for a little while. Oh, I see what you did there. It was interesting mm-hmm. because it wasn't... No, it's it kind of neat because out. they really did want input on what do you want from a sort of not quite mini ATX or mini ITX, but a, a smaller sized case that's actually going to fit what you want. There was a thread in the uh, hard OCP forums that's now 500 pages long where this guy started <laughs> asking for ideas. And it eventually turned into, well, I think we can build this ourselves. I think who built it? Was it Lee and Lee that actually built it for them? Yeah. They, they contracted Lee and Lee to make it, and they did a, an Indiegogo project, like a Kickstarter. They had to raise funds to make sure there were enough people interested that would buy it before Lee and Lee would you know, take the contract for it. And... Um, Actually, a reader sent one in, and now I feel like an ass because I, I don't have his name pulled up. I'll say it was Alex. I'll look it up. Uh, who had one, had bought it, um, hadn't, you know, decided he was going to get married. I, you know, some people do that, and then he didn't have money to build the system to go in it yet. So he's like, hey, why don't you review this? And then by the time you're done, I'll be ready to build the system. So he lent it to us for review. Sebastian did an article on it, and it's actually a pretty impressive. Uh, piece of machinery here and actually you can see this is their rendering comparing it to the bit phoenix prodigy it gives you an idea of how small this is the in case m1 mini itx crowdfunded case review the crowdfunded case is not part of their name that's 
there's our name uh but it, it's i like the sleek design there's nothing like super fancy about it uh it's got front panel usb3 it's got lots of uh, uh air inlets and outlets for fans it can handle water cooling there was a rendering of it it's ridiculously easy to tear apart yes yeah yeah you can see here as he kind of you you really can take apart pretty much everything like there's like bear cage um, yeah and if you drop it on the ground it's awesome it might bend a Parts little go everywhere <laughs> fantastic it opens like a flower. Well, that's it's like those old Hot Wheels that you smash up against the wall and they maybe they figure pieces. maybe they figure if you're dropping it, you're trying to open it as quickly as possible, <laughs> right? Maybe there's a surprise. You have very inside. important components inside <laughs> that need to get out. <laughs> they need to get out immediately. Uh, so you can see Sebastian uh, did a, a mini ITX build in this. This is with the Azrock FM2A88X uh, mini ITX Plus board. Uh, it does take a full-size power supply. There are some restrictions on that. You should read the article in terms of what, how long that power supply can be, if it has modular connectors, if it does not have modular connectors. Um, and uh, uh, it's it's pretty impressive to see all the stuff. I'm kind of scrolling through the pictures here on the video version. To see all the Zoom stuff into the one where you get all the parts this. in it. It's a tight fit, but it fits. Yeah, let's. So he also he also does it with an SFX power supply to kind of give you an idea. Oh, let's yeah. see. Where's where's the concluded? Mm, was that a Titan? That was a Titan in there. <laughs> I don't know if it was a Titan or 780. They all. all those Did you really land him a Titan? That's I, unfair. I, I hey, don't hate guys. See how productive he's being, Josh. Look at these. We're talking about two of his reviews this week. Like, Look, they got hard drives mounted upside down. You got SSDs mounted in this. This thing can hold everything. It's got a top. That's awesome. Top mounted oh, optical that's, drive bay. That's pretty nice. I might actually put an optical drive in. You might put an optical drive in, just so you could, like you don't have any discs that you would put in it, but you'd have it, and you'd have one I'd disc. Just have just one so sticking could, out. Yeah, yeah, just have one sticking out the whole time. What kind of optical is it? Is it like a laptop style slot load or what? Yeah, 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 yeah. Hmm. Uh, and you can get those relatively inexpensively. So, oh yeah, yeah. That reminds me of the uh, the D Link. Uh, oh, what you call it? Uh, the little well, hell, any and in NAS. Yeah, it's about the same size. It's got the power. And- did, did he not use the picture next to the Coke can in the review? I don't think he did. Because that was a oh. that's the classic. That's the classic picture that they used when they were first drawing their Indiegogo. I'll go to the Indiegogo page and and look at it. Um, so the the issue with this is let's see I'm looking at it the problem with this is you can't go buy it right it was a it was an Indiegogo project I think they're taking a second round now um, for people that uh, uh, want to buy in again but I think we're talking about something in the two hundred dollar range which is a lot of money for a case for sure absolutely it is. Uh, but it's incredibly unique. Let's see. Here's this, I think this is the original. There's a lot of tooling go. that uh, oh, is probably yeah. required to make. And it's I mean it's case. a custom built thing. So here's their original Indiegogo page, right? They raised one hundred fifty-two thousand um, dollars. And here's that rendering of it next to a Coke can. I don't know if they got the license for that, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna move on. And then it says they are. Uh, it says right now, as of April nineteenth, so fairly recently, they're planning a second phase production run. So we go here. You can sign up to get notified, apparently, of when they're going to do that. So uh, it turned out to be a, a fairly successful, a fairly successful project. So if we look, uh, two hundred five dollars is what you had to uh, donate to get one of those. They sold six hundred and sixty four out of six hundred and sixty seven units, right? So 
if you've got one of these, it's kind of a, you know, rare item as well. I mean, here, I mean, this is, this is a picture of, this is rendering. This is not from the review, but this is it with a very long water-cooled graphics card, um, mini ITX setup. Uh, you can, you can, you can pack a lot of stuff in this. Not perfect. There were some, you know, there were a couple issues that Sebastian found, but overall, I think, pretty impressive uh, for what it is. So, I, you know, we gotta send this back to the reader that sent it, sent it into us. I think, I think we're gonna be a little sad about it. I think Sebastian's a little sad about it. But uh, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do? Um, hey, you know, it's better to have loved and lost than never to have shoved your hardware into a really small case. <laughs> Story of my life. Um, so the hands look bigger. The show is the show is going long because of our <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> show is going long thanks to our Z97 discussion. Uh, real quick, I posted an article that looks at two anchor accessories: A N K E R 40 watt five port wall charger and a uh, 1200 milliamp hour battery. If you have a lot of USB devices and you need to have them charged, this is the type of device you can pick up for 25 bucks. It has five USB ports. It'll do eight total amps output, so 40 watts total, uh, and it will divide it up intelligently amongst the five USB ports. So you don't have to – the old version we had like had an iPad-labeled port and had a phone-labeled port. It had an uh, Android tablet-labeled port, and it tried to guess how many amps it would take – now, if you plug the, uh, an iPad into an iPad Air, it'll draw 2.3 amps at whatever outlet you, whichever port you put it into. Um, so you don't have to worry about any of that kind of stuff. Uh, that was nice for 25 bucks. The Astro 3 12,000 milliamp battery, it had three ports, smart, uh, what do they call it, Power IQ USB ports as well. Another, inti- really another nice device, um, although it was limited to four amps out total for the three devices uh but you know they serve different purposes one is if you you know you have a lot of devices at home you've got a family they've got phones they've got tablets you want to keep them charged people are fighting over the wall outlets um that will help with that then this is for people who are on the go Twelve thousand milliamp hours is like one and a half ipads close to that something like that or like five to six full phone charges depending on what the size of the battery is so and that's $45. So if you want to check that out, feel free. And we still haven't seen those butane-based chargers. I don't, think, I don't feel like we'll ever see those. That's too bad. It was kind of a neat idea. It was a very neat idea. That was like CES two years ago, three yep. years ago? Yeah. Two years ago? That was a long time ago. That guy got some VC funding and he out. I don't know if that's true. I just... Uh, let's run through some news items quickly as we can. NVIDIA sent me a cake. Next, uh, no, uh, Portal's coming out on Shield very soon, I think. Is that right, Ken? The 12th. Comes out today. Comes out May 12th. Uh, and this is native running on Android. Not like, you're not streaming it over game stream. It's not a grid game. It's Portal running natively on Android. Um, top secret, Ken played through it on, on Shield. And it turned out pretty good, right? Yeah. Yeah. But how was the cake? The cake was pretty good. I was disappointed. That I don't know. I didn't get any of the cake. I uh, took pictures of the cake. Oh. I posted about the cake. Do I get cake? No, you don't get any cake. Uh, I am eating. Well, I am currently in the process. I'm currently in the process of eating the cake. <laughs> it's not a great cake. It's a pretty good cake. It's it's just a cake though. It's just in the shape of a cake. I thought it'd be like in the shape of some portal 
thing or maybe even in the shape of a shield. Maybe that's asking a little much for them to send out to multiple so, – so many people that they send them out. But it was a, uh, a clever marketing gimmick for us to promote Portal on Shield. And it worked, I guess, because they got a news post on it. And I got to eat cake. So, you know, thanks to, to everybody in video for Man, I really got the short screwing story. up the uh, diet plan that I was so close to being able to hey, start Ken, and Ken got to play Portal. That's reward enough. Yeah. I he, can't eat Portal. <laughs> well, you can't have, you can have Portal it. either. You could. <laughs> I mean, you could. Uh, what we will all be playing soon, hopefully, is a new Unreal Tournament. Who's excited about this? Anybody? I don't want to give up UTK4. You can. <laughs> we I, did play that on our land move party. On. It's, sure, it's been 10 years, but I you just know, can't stop playing you know what it. I, you know what I did today? Uh, we had this that Samsung uh, 4K monitor, and I changed the INI file in UT2K4 so I could play UT2004 at 4K. <laughs> and other than the cursor and the menus being about the size of a half dollar on the screen... It played pretty well. Like it, I mean, everything looked crisp. It looked good, and I didn't even go into the control panel and like force AA up to 16x and an isotropic filtering up to as high as it would go. Maybe they'll just do an HD remake of ET 2004. Are maybe. May, maybe uh, you know the, they're getting the dev community involved. They say this is a post by Scott on the on the site about an Unreal tournament announcement and involves a UE4 dev community. I don't know what that means. Nobody knows what that means. Are they going to crowdsource it? Are they going to like crowdsource maps or what? But uh, that will be Thursday. It's tomorrow at 2 p.m. Eastern. Oh, no. It's in the middle of our stream. We'll have to pause the whole thing to listen to what uh, Epic has to say. So we'll Run see. it in the background. Yeah, we'll just put it in a pip in the corner, right, if they're, if they're live streaming. So be uh, interested in that. Um we're going to skip a lot of these news things, but one I don't think we can skip is, Josh, you were on a call with AMD this week where they announced a couple of fairly interesting things. Gee, a couple of fairly interesting things? <clears throat> okay, one. I'm still actually writing this up and uh, oh, okay. trying to put my thoughts into a more coherent fashion and figure out. You know, the one thing we do know is that Jim Keller's got some pipes. And uh, he's he's gonna whoop you up if you ever really ask him a question uh, in a way he doesn't like, and that's fine because you know he was locked away in Apple for quite a while, and and apparently he had a lot of time to work out. So good for Jim. Bravo. He did. I think Scott Wasson uh, said the guy who uh, did the Adventures of Hercules. Uh, what was his name? Kevin Sorbo. The Rock. Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> Kevin Sorbo, that Jim Keller and Kevin Sorbo are interchangeable. Interesting. Okay, so tell me about the actual stuff that they announced. Ah, well, geez. Just, I know you're, I know, well, hold on. All right, introduce Seattle. Hold on, I know you're writing it up, so give us like a quick one, and then when you get the story up, we can talk about it a little bit more in depth on that podcast. Okay. They, they they have not released Seattle, but they're sampling it. It is their 8-core A57 base 64-bit processor. It's got like 4 megs of L2 cache, 8 megs of L3. It's based uh, for server architecture. And uh, they're, you know, they, they have stuff running on it already. And, uh, you know, again, they're sampling that. 2015 is going to be kind of interesting because we're going to see the Seattle. 
Uh, we've got the Tapuma Plus cores with Beam and Mullins and uh, their spawn. Also, they are. Oh, what the hell else doing? They're building their own 64 bit ARM processor from scratch. So they got the, the whole big ISA license from ARM. They're one of the few guys in the entire world that are doing that. And uh, they feel that they could offer a lot to the industry because they're, what, competing against Samsung, Qualcomm, uh, a couple other guys, maybe Freescale, I can't remember, yeah. who oh, who actually you know license out the ISA and can build their own chips from scratch without using you know the, uh, the kind of cookie-cutter uh, licensed uh, designs right. that pretty much everybody else does. So they're going to be... Uh, these things are going to be HSA compliant and compatible. Hmm. Uh, they're going to have the Radeon graphics on there. It's going to be interesting stuff. Jim Keller kind of dropped a bomb, said, yeah, we're we're developing a new core x86 architecture, 64-bit architecture, that's going to be released in 2016. So this is you know a, a positive thing for AMD because Bulldozer is not exactly been incredibly successful for them, yeah. uh, especially as compared to Sandy Bridge, Ivy Bridge, Haswell from Intel. Certainly they've you know been able to compete, but not compete as well as they wanted to. So they've got Jim Keller back. Uh, he's doing some interesting things. Uh, they're, I think t- the most interesting thing about the 2015 launch is their SkyBridge technology. And essentially what that is is You've got one socket, and you can either put an x86 CPU in there or APU or an ARM-based APU. That's so weird. There. So they've, they've made it so you know, the, the, the memory controller is going to be you know, pin-compatible. I.O. Oh. controller, again, pin-compatible uh, in between these two products. And, and they've done a lot of work. To get all of this to work, and we're going to see the fruits of these labors in 2015. So, you know, AMD is not standing still. Rory Reed has done a pretty dang good job picking up the pieces of what was left with AMD post, you know, ATI when they bought them. I mean, how many billions did they lose in 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 company value? A lot. Yeah, it was a, a ton. Uh, market share went down. That's interesting. This it's so weird to think of them as making their own ARM core, not just licensing ARM now, but well, you know, it seems like they got rid of a lot of the not invented here type mentality that Intel still kind of suffers from. They do, and uh, so yeah, I mean, they they see this huge marketplace and potential marketplace that is all you know Android based. ARM-based, a ton of software that is directed at mobile and going into you know greater than uh, higher power densities than than mobile. Yep. And uh, they're they're grabbing the bull by the horns. They're taking advantage of uh, everything that they see, and uh, they're saying, you know what, we we can't just sit here and say, hey, we've got you know a, a pedigree in x86 design. We are the first to bring 64-bit in x86 we've got to stay with this no they're they're like you know what hey if if we want to be in this whole internet of things if we want to stay in business 
Exactly. We've got to adapt. And I think that's something that Rory and the gang, I mean, they cleaned some serious house when they, they got there. They did, yeah. And I'm not so sure that it wasn't, you know, a bad idea to do that. They they have certainly, going forward, I feel more comfortable Interesting. that AMD is going to survive because of really the, the multi-channel approach that they are taking to the industry and the marketplace. And they're willing to try new things that previously Mr. Sanders, Dirk, and the gang probably would not have. Hector. Don't forget Hector. Could, yeah, come on. Hector. Yeah. yeah. So, All right. Well, yeah, that's, uh, that's basically AMD in a nutshell. With We thought it was going to be something of a boring I did. little thing. It's like, oh, core, core update. And then suddenly they drop quite a few bombshells yeah, that get killer did. up there, starting talking about stuff that's coming out in 2016. It was neat stuff. Yep. We'll talk more, uh, we'll talk more about that uh, when you get your write-up done, and we'll kind of theorize on what the direction is going uh, from there. Let's uh, run through some news bits fairly quickly here. Alan, what do you think about the idea of converting an MSATA device to USB 3 device for about 25 bucks? I really like the idea, but I don't think there's that many folks that just happen to have like extra MSATA devices just lying around quite yet. We don't. Even. Yeah, even we don't. Um, is yeah. the idea that, or is it like? Is it's a great idea because MSATA devices are really small and compact. And are they? They're not less can, expensive, though, are they? That's the thing. Yeah, I mean, you can get them for relatively cheap, but I wouldn't get one just for the purpose of sticking in this housing. Mm-hmm. And you know, I mean, maybe. I don't know. I mean, I think at this point, anybody that has one of those probably has them in a device. Like, sure. they had to buy it just to put it in a device, right? Um, yeah. But, you know, great idea if you just happen to have because it, extra. You could, like, say you wanted to do, like, you know, like I, I am of the mindset. Like, I could use a really fast, portable USB 3 drive for the office. We have some, but maybe we need something to higher capacity. But if I want to buy a 500 gig drive to do that, I probably wouldn't buy the M set. I'd probably just buy the two and a half inch SSD yeah. version yep. of it, whatever, whichever thing. It'll be less expensive and you can still power it with just USB three, right? There's not an yeah. advantage of like not needing external power or anything like that. Yeah. And you can just grab one of these things with a two and a half inch SSD. Hey, wait, wait, Maury, Maury, you've, you've, you've gained hair and <laughs> lost weight. Sorry. Uh, um, <laughs> with a two and a half inch SSD, it's already in the housing. Sort yeah. of. It's right? more protected, yeah. And so you can just, you know, just grab one of these. Why do you still have so that, that out? Why is that not packed? That because I haven't packed any of the desk stuff because I'm still trying to do review site stuff. Oh, you should. That's a good idea. See? <laughs> yes. Thinking. Okay. All right. That's so like, that, that is yeah. the Get Speedy Portable. No, wait. This was uh, from Vision Tech. Uh, dubbed the MSATA Mini USB 3.0 Bus Powered SSD Enclosure. Very clever. Nine zero zero six nine six. I mean, it's nothing wrong with the product itself. I just yeah. don't think there's uh, enough of a surplus of stuff to stick in it just yet. Uh, Intel and Google hosted an event where they uh, based around Chrome OS um, with new products using Haswell i3 and Baytrail SOCs. There's a whole lot to this. Uh, basically, they were talking about bringing uh, Chrome OS to Haswell lower end Haswell SOCs and the Baytrail SOC. Uh, they have designs from Asus and Acer and HP, Toshiba, Dell, Lenovo, 
uh, a, a bunch of people all using these devices, starting in like the 200 to 350 range. There's a ton of different products here. They even introduced a new segment that I hate the name of called the Chrome Base, which is an all-in-one. An all-in-one computer that uses Chrome OS is called the Chrome Base. What, what, what As happens opposed to a NUC? What happens if you drop it? I, Chrome breaks. What happens if all of them are belong to you? <laughs> well, none of your jokes are. Oh. <laughs> Someone set us up that joke. Well, see, this, this, see uh, Jeremy, you're confused. The Chrome book is the notebook. The Chrome box is the Nook-style small form factor computer. The Chrome base is one that's an all-in-one that has a screen. Like that. Ah, you're right. Right. So anyway, you know, they're they're demonstrating that. Uh, We saw uh, Lenovo launch two 11-inch Chromebooks, uh, the N20 and the N20P, I think, are the two different ones there, uh, and the differences are kind of in the uh, what are the, the P is touchable and full. It does the backflip to a tent style. Ah, I see. Oh, okay, there it is. Yes, gotcha, gotcha. Ten point multi touch display and three hundred degree hinge. Not quite three sixty, but three hundred degrees. It's yeah, a, it'll pitch a, a tent. Hinge. It's a hinge. It'll pitch a tent. Very clever. Well done, sir. Well done. Way to work that in. Uh, and then Asus also introduced a couple of Baytrail-powered ones, the C200 and the C300, starting at 249, an 11-inch, and a 13-inch. All of these are using 1366 by 768 screens, which is not great. On an 11-inch, it's not a problem. On a 13-inch, not great. Uh, but again, for the $250 price range, that's what you're getting. Right? That's, that's what you're... Hey, at least I can read it well. Without glasses. That's true. That's true. Using that 4K shoes. monitor at 100% scaling on Windows is still pretty tough. Still pretty tough. Uh, so we had that. Intel also leaked Skylake and 100 series chipsets expected in 2015. Sorry, Maury, your Z97 reviews are already useless. Here You're are obsolete. Z100s or some something like that. They really should just I go guess. with a different naming scheme. They don't even. I don't even know if they mention Z100 in this particular graphic. No, they do. 100 series. Yeah, that's not a very good name anymore. Z1109. Yeah. Sure, whatever. You know, Z107. FM. They pay the marketing people tons. Coming of to you from Snowfield Peak. <laughs> Uh, so this is this is just an overview of the Sky Lake platform. Canon Lake at 10 nanometer. Is it going to be on schedule? Who knows what's going on? We've got all kinds of specifications we don't know anything about, like the quad-core Sky Lake H with GT2 graphics or GT4E graphics, the successor to Iris Pro, but what that actually means from a specification or performance standpoint. Ooh, I, uh, Sky Lake U with Iris Pro. Skylake, yeah, but I am a little disappointed that we're the, we're only seeing quad listed, um, even in the LG. Although it is interesting, hey LGA, look at that, look at that land grid array. Yeah, that's not BGA, it's LGA. That means it's a socketed platform, probably. Yeah, probably. So uh, that was a, a little bit of a of a leak, a little bit of a leak. Also, maybe a leak, but probably on purpose. Actually, definitely on purpose. Power color. Uh, Jeremy, what are they? What are they showing off here? Something we've seen from them before in the previous generation. Oh, because with uh, the dual Tahitis, we saw the Devil Thirteen, and it looks like we're going to get a Hawaii version at least. Are they really just going to call it Devil Thirteen again? Oh well, why not? It's like a family, and or sorry, Devil <laughs> is 
it looks like Devil 13 to me right there on that it back. Why can't they do like Jack Lord 13 with Hawaii? Da, 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 but you're going to need a big case. It's not going to fit in that end case. It's oh, my God. Slot. Look at those power connectors. Yeah. There are four, four eight-pin power connectors. Guys? <laughs> They ain't going off spec. Well, I guess thank no, goodness we got least. that fifteen hundred watt power supply. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Eight pins. It's it's Jeez not bad. What am I looking at? So of course this is still a leak. It's possible that this is not necessarily going to happen, but we sure hope it will, because that would just be amazing. Where am I? What do I need to go on that one, Ken? All right, all right. Leaked photos. Oh, the old stock eight twos. All right, he says there's another picture we need to show here. Loading, loading, loading. loading. That is the ugliest looking loading. thing I have seen look, in a while. Look at that back. Look at the back of that video card. Oh, that's. It looks like they've 3D printed that. <laughs> I bet that's. I bet that's an inch thick to support the PCB weight of that heatsink. Actually, that doesn't look. You better good come either. with a car jack so it doesn't rip itself off and the PCI oh slot Lord, off. Look at that thing. Yeah, that's the ugliest. Well, you could build a house. Look at the size that. of those heat pipes, guys. <laughs> look at that. There's like 15 millimeter heat pipes. <laughs> Ten. Good Lord. And it's only it's a three plus slot. Yeah, and I don't know what electrical trickery they're going to do on the PCIe to get that to go. It's Lord. without it, it catching on fire. It, it's three plus one slots. <laughs> <laughs> this card is on fire. He didn't sing it well enough. All right, let's talk about nope. storage again. Alan, you want a four terabyte SSD? Who doesn't? Uh, but yeah. But who can afford it? Oh, how many? Yeah, how many dollars? It's 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 enterprise four terabytes. So Ooh, many many lots dollars. Of dollars. Lots and lots of dollars. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, it's. Uh, didn't we talk about this last week or? I don't know. I wasn't here. Oh, I think we might have mentioned it or something like that. Okay. We mentioned it somewhere. But uh, the point I brought up then was, uh, and I'll bring it up again, was um, they could have made a 4 terabyte SSD even a while ago. It's just that really, I don't think there was any kind of market like at all for that capacity. So, uh, you know, now they're doing it. Just Understandable. Yeah. I mean, we have 3.5-inch SSDs, right? OCZ had... At one point, three and a half inch SSDs. You could put all kinds of flash in there if you wanted to. You could, yeah. You could have, yeah. If you really want to make the form factor, and uh, why not you know. five and a quarter? <laughs> not five and a quarter. <laughs> hey, come on. Why not? Yeah, no, that's it. That's all. You you could fit like a hundred thousand dollars worth of flash memory in uh, in a five and a quarter, probably easy. I think I. No, no, I didn't. I thought I closed the window. Here we go. Uh, MSI ships GS seventy Stealth Pro and GS sixty Ghost Pro three K gaming notebooks. 3K gaming notebooks is 2880 by 1620. Yeah, but only fun. one of them really is. But what? Only one of them really is? Yeah, the Ghost yeah. Pro 3Ks are... The Stealth Pros, unfortunately, are everyone's favorite 1920 by 1080. Which oh, is kind of strange okay. because the Stealths are the 17.3s. The Ghosts are the 15.5. So it's a super high-res 15.5-inch screen. Yeah. Powered huh. by a GTX 870. So the big difference is it's got three gigs. So you give up the uh, 3K display to get double your memory to six gigs with a lower uh, display. Hmm. I guess because you're going to use it as a desktop replacement with a monitor. Hmm. So do you have to like hack Crisis to get full res on this? I don't at like four frames per second. 
<laughs> well, yeah, clearly. Uh, I don't know. 2880 by 1620 is a 16 by 9 resolution. Yep. <sighs> I don't... The, but you don't forget about Super Raid and Super Raid 2. It do, they do have Super Raid 2, which is three... And that's, that's, again, that's the Stealth Pro that's actually the only one that does it. So you've given up the resolution. But you've got no, I 328 that, gig SSDs in RAID 0, which oh. is just kind of crazy. The other ones are just two. Right. I remember hearing about this at CES now, the three MSATA SSD RAID. I do remember that now. I, that is a thing. That is correct. Yeah, they're, they're talking over 100 or 1,500 megabytes a second, not bips, bytes. Plus, plus a one terabyte 7200 RPM drive. Right. Well, you got to put they... your Steam game somewhere, don't you? Why are they saying RAID 2? I don't. It's super, it's super raid, raid two. two. It's like super pipes, super raid. But I I I see what they're trying to do there. I see they're trying to say like it's the second. Like I guess they had a super raid before. They did. So, yes. On the hard on, next to it, super raid is just two discs. Yes. Yeah. yeah and, and then super, super raid, raid two, two is three discs. So now you're going to confuse a lot of people that know what the raid levels are. Psst, psst, nobody's going to look at this specification. It's a raid two plus zero. Good. Yeah, because, that's, yeah, that's it. Wait, it's you not raid two. You don't. You don't know <laughs> no, about raid not. two. You don't know about raid oh, two, Alan. Come on. I know what raid two is. Nobody uses it. <laughs> You're probably the one that actually knows what raid two really is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was only developed in the 1970s. Yeah. yeah. Uh, interestingly, the 17-inch version with the Core i7-4700HQ, 1080p screen, 870M with six gigs of memory, Super Raid two. Um, 128 gig times three, plus a whole bunch of other features, under 2100 bucks. It's pretty good actually, price wise. You get the Steel Series uh, backlit keyboard, uh, HDMI, USB three, four of those ports, 16 gigs of memory, killer game networking, uh, Intel 72060, 80211 AC, two by two. It's not a bad system for two thousand dollars, really. It's just disappointing. I would like to see this 2080 by 1620 unit. And what in the hell you do, right? Because you can't – this system's not going to be able to push any game at that resolution. So if you run it at 1080p, does it – like seeing these two next to each other, will the 1080p on the 17-inch look better than the 1080p on the 15-inch because it's native res versus non-native? I don't know. And they're both the same price too. Very odd. Interesting, but odd. Uh, this was... What is this? What are we looking at, Jeremy? GTX 780 Ti on Thunderbolt 2? Well, we're looking at a theoretical possibility. Oh, okay. Because they never actually show it all hooked up and working in the system. Or, sorry, in the video. But <laughs> really? the idea that you could totally run a 780 Ti on Thunderbolt 2 is perfectly believable. There's no reason yeah. you couldn't. But why would you do it? Because you are losing a lot of bandwidth. But on the other hand... You're hooking it up to, as you can see in the quarter there, an Apple, and making it run. This is kind of cool. We've been on about external video cards for a long time. It's just yeah, you Ken, need the bus to do it. Ken was pointing out earlier today that this is something we saw at like CES four years ago. Like oh, yeah. Thunderbolt was first being kind of even even before it was actually officially released. I think they were like, "Here's a dock," and I was like, "Oh, cool, send us one." And nobody ever sends us any. Because they don't work like they're supposed to work. No, I didn't. Rusev tell us they were going to do it. Probably, probably. I, I think they work. I just don't think they work well for video cards. Right. That's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Like 
the idea of having an external graphics solution doesn't work quite like it's supposed to. Well, Windows doesn't like it when you unplug its GTX 780. <laughs> hey, Windows got to get over that crap. I don't know what else yeah. to say. Yeah. If I, I want to unplug my Come video on. card on the fly and the spec supports it, Windows should support it. I don't know what else to say. In fact, I should be able to upgrade on the fly. Yeah. Just pop it out, put it you, in. You unplug the Thunderbolt, you change the video card, and then you plug Thunderbolt back in. Uh, it's a pretty simple process. But, I mean, if you're one of the those future. types of people that, you know, uses video cards for the wrong reason and has racks of them hanging up above a motherboard, I could see this becoming a thing. Yeah, it's still expensive, though. Well, they don't seem to care. Speaking of things that are totally ludicrous and will never be useful, Crisis 3 has been hacked to run at 8K resolution. Oh, I thought you were going to talk about external graphics for a, a laptops and notebooks. I, well, we just did. Two things that will oh. never happen, but or never be useful. Uh, how about running Crisis Three at eight K? Uh, at what? What did they do run it at? Two frames per second. Is that what it was? And it was steady. I don't think. Did they have like FSAA on or something? I mean, probably. If you're going to run it at two frames per second, why the hell not? What resolution was that actually <laughs> running at? 8,000 by 3333, I think. It was a weird Look at this. I mean, we're doing it on a live stream, so it's hard to, it's hard to see it. But this is, this is an actual size image from the game. View it in 720p, ladies View it in 720p, compressed <laughs> to one megabit per second, streamed over the internet. Uh, so imagine it was more than ten times this good. And it, it looks awesome. Like I want to try this now. <laughs> I want to get I want to get like the four titans we have and hook them up and be like, all right, let's do this. Do this thing. Let's do this. We got eight happen. frames per second. Now, can you you can't wait, see? Wait, wait, where 8K. are you going to get a four eight K screen? I don't know how how do you how do you render this? You, he was just taking screenshots and then I, saving I, them. I guess I don't really know because you can't. I don't. You can't view it. That seems like a weird resolution to just come up with. Is that standard 8K res? No. If you're going to no, just make stuff just up, twice just make as stuff big. Up. It's not even twice as big. Well, it's no, it, but yeah. it sounds twice as big. He did 8,000 so, by 3-something. It sounds like he had some kind of display or something. Because if you had some arbitrary way to just make up an output, then you'd probably just go for straight okay, 8K. Didn't, didn't uh, one of those you know, like 80-inch displays that have been shown off this past year have like... A native 8K resolution. I don't think so. I don't think so. If you had two 4K monitors, you couldn't in do theory, it. you could iFinity them and make one resolution. And then you could run the Not game the and be super Yes, slow. Sharp had one. But oh, would really? that be 8K uh, vertical? No, it would be 8K horizontal. Right. So by, it's not the full 8K. It's probably by 2160. You wouldn't hit it. It would be 3840 times 2, whatever that happens to be. Is that even? I don't know. I don't know. But I mean, it's close enough that people would round up anyway if it were actually a thing. <laughs> uh, it, I, I, he, he figured, I don't know how he did it, but he was just exporting these images. And it seems like poster size or something because they're a really weird aspect ratio as well. If you go oh, Flickr, really? Look at, yeah, I'm look looking at, at his Flickr thing. Well, he's got some like this. That's a pretty weird aspect ratio for a game. And then he's got some like this. I mean, he might be just be cropping them, right? Uh, right. So, like, I if I take one like cropping, it defeats a lot of the purpose. That. Let's see. Does it give you? Does it give the you the info. resolution? Yeah, like, where's the info here? This, this photo, photo is, safe. is safe. That's good news. 
I mean, if he'd got one of those weird Sharps prototypes, they were 7680 by 4320. That's still not high enough. It's still technically not 8K, but it is close enough. 7680. The original is 7680 by 4320. So that one's crap. Okay, so yeah, that's what the Sharps was doing. Weird. That's so weird. It's a weird one, though. That's four 4K monitors. I mean, I guess that's we could double do thirty-eight that. forty by double twenty-one sixty. I mean, we could do that. I don't have four four K monitors. I only have three. You we have no. We have five. Yeah, we could do that. <laughs> You've got so many. You're losing and you can count, still right? send me one. No, no, I don't think we can. Do You've that. only got three. Send me one. Send Josh one. No, I mean, well, they're going to be different. Two of them sizes. are yeah, like two of them are TVs. Two of them are multi-stream. Which may make this impossible, and one of them is a Samsung I bought that's a single screen. <laughs> the two TVs actually we could it would run be possible with multi-stream because you can do six displays out of an AMD card. Hey, so wait, maybe, maybe. Uh, how, does that Sam- how does that Samsung look? Uh, we'll talk about that later. It looks fine. Oh. I mean, we we're, we'll have an article up uh, later this week. Uh, I was hoping to have it up before today, but with preparing for JJ's arrival. Mm-hmm. Duh, 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 duh. Preparing for JJ's arrival slowed that down. It looks okay. It's not great. The viewing angles are okay, but not great. So okay. I'm more I'm looking forward to what uh, the ASUS monitor has, and maybe what the Dell monitor has in terms of maybe a slightly improved panel. I don't know if they're using the same panel or different, but we'll see. Um, for for the price though, hot tip. Here's the scoop from the video. Like for six ninety nine, if you're okay with um, you know not perfect color and some uh you know uh, color shifting off angle it's 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 a hell of a monitor to game on right i wouldn't do like color specific professional video editing on it right maybe but um for a low cost 4k gaming panel it kicks ass what were you gonna say ken well that's your hardware software pick of the week so i was gonna try to get you to transition into that speaking of which <laughs> let's get into our hardware and software picks of the week and Ryan's i even done. had i even had it brought up so weird so, um so you're saying even like the straight on the color is kind of wonky no it looks no, straight fine, straight too. on it looks fine you put a colorimeter to it and you're fine yeah okay. yeah straight on it looks fine but it is um you know as you long see- as it looks good as long as you can sit in front of it and yeah. look from edge to edge, yep, and it, and it's it's good uniform. It's the, it's the, not perfect uh, the in the corners, but it's consistent. Though. Yeah, and the problem is the stand has um, tilt, but not a whole lot of tilt, and yeah. it doesn't have swivel, and it doesn't have height adjustment. So mm. you're kind of stuck with where it is. It also doesn't mm-hmm. have a visa mount, and it doesn't have a visa mount, so you can't change that. No, that's strange. Um, it's it's I very got a drill. You got to you yeah. got to drill. I have super glue. We all have double-sided sticky tape. I mean, you can listen, make it happen if you want to make it happen. Listen, Mr. Gorilla Glue, the router to the wall in the cabinet. It's yeah. a switch. Thank yeah. you very and much. And it's been Sorry. hanging there for years. Perfectly <laughs> fine. Thank you. Even with 500 feet of Ethernet cable Thank hanging you. off it. Uh, so you can get this monitor. It's listed on Amazon now for seven thirty nine ninety nine. Is in stock by some place. Uh I bought mine on Amazon from this reseller, UTM Inc. Uh, it was mine was actually I got the Korean model in, so I had to like figure out how to change the language of the menus 
uh, which is a little bit bad. The Amazon price, when it's listed in stock, is six ninety nine ninety nine, uh, which is the MSRP for this unit. It's just every time it comes in stock, it immediately sells out. So I would, if, if it were me, I would probably place an order on Amazon and give it a week or two and see if they come in stock. You can always cancel it if they don't actually come in stock, and that gives you the prime shipping and everything too. But if you need it now, I think the I think UTM has it in sale uh, for available. I think I paid like seven forty for it. Um, but uh, apparently NCIX still lists for five ninety nine. Oh really? Which probably means Linus has got one. Yeah, they they did. Uh, he did. He did a story on that. Let me see. D five ninety D. So six ninety nine is what NCIX US mm. is listing it as. It's highly allocated. Customers <laughs> replacing the first order back at Q. Uh, and let me check Newegg real quick too. I'm sure they're sold out. Um, it is the U two eight D five ninety D. Ooh, of course. Um, that's the model number. Very descriptive. And it looks like it's listed as in stock, but now Newegg does kind of what Amazon does, and they have other... This is sold by MNW Global or 27 Korea Monitors. <laughs> that's the name of a reseller, 27 Korea Monitors. So uh, there's that. Um that's my pick. Well, like I said, we'll talk about it more on the podcast next week because I have a video and a story going up about it. Uh, but it's it's not perfect. But for six ninety nine, I would buy that over the twenty four hundred dollar PQ three two one Q. It's single stream. You don't have any setup issues. No compatibility problems. Nothing like that. It's a bit. It's a big. It's a big advantage. Uh, Jeremy, what do you got? Well, if you if you can uh, dodge the customs, you can get it for six hundred Canadian dollars. Well, what's that translate into Canada. real money? But for those of us that can't afford that, I can offer you an old, a, a very rare thing, an old game which was promised to be remade into something else, which then went back to the original game that the developers wanted to make but wasn't the one they released and then got modded and is now released. And if you have no idea what I'm talking about, it's Stalker. The original Stalker, The Lost Alpha, which was the game with vehicles, strange mind-control aliens, and just even more disturbing than the original Stalker was, was released for free. A couple of guys have been working on the Lost Alpha standalone, and over the past five or six years or so, they have rebuilt it, they have replaced it, Mm -hmm. and it is now a thing. It's still kind of beta. Uh, there are still a lot of patches, or sorry, a, a lot of work you got to do. You got to be a, a hardcore PC gamer, but if you're going back to Stalker because someone remade it, you're already a hardcore PC gamer. Yeah, that's fair. Absolutely free. Grab it on BitTorrent. Uh, grab it straight from uh, ModDB, and look forward to scaring the hell out of yourself like the original one did. Because I don't know if you guys remember the original one, but there were some really creepy moments in that one. I. Don't remember much of it. I don't know if I benchmarked it or not. I don't. I used to benchmark, but only around like the first area, and Mm. I never got any farther than like thirty minutes into the game. Because you kept dying, right? Well, no, it was exceptionally buggy on Win Seven. Yes, it was. And Vista. It was also unforgiving. They they would just throw stuff that you can't kill and had to run from all the time. (laughs) All right, Josh, what do you got lined up for us? You know, everybody likes memory. 
memory is a good thing. Memory, you know, it it went down in price, then it went up a little bit. Now it's it's back down to where things are good. Two by eight gigs at twenty one thirty three for only like seventy nine bucks, and you can find it on sale at places too. So pretty good. Uh, G Skill makes some pretty good memory. I have no problems with it. It is 1.6 volts, which, you know, not as nice as 1.5 volts, but it's not going to kill you. In nor... a desktop computer, who cares? Yeah, yeah, not a big deal. It looks sharp. It plays well. Don't cut yourself. And you know what? Nobody really worries about latencies anymore. You notice that? No, they don't. You're right. And that's just because they don't particularly matter because the memory runs... So damn fast. People don't You're care not for a, a decently good reason, I guess. Hey, you know, you know, remember Cast 2 latency and DDR? That was the big thing to have. Oh, yeah. Yeah, nobody cares anymore. 8, <laughs> 9, 10. <laughs> Still want to know what the latencies are going to be on DDR for when it comes out. Because it could matter again for a little bit. 100. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, CL100. Uh, Alan, what's your pick? So I've been using my pick for the podcast. It's uh, the Kingston HyperX Cloud headset. So they came out with like a professional kind of-ish, whatever you want to call it, headset of their own with the HyperX branding on it. I put one of these on at CES, and it is like, when they say cloud, they're not kidding. Like, it just feels like there's not even a headset on your head. Oh, see, I was thinking yeah, that the sound it's only it's on the came... Cloud. I thought the sound only came from the internet servers of the No, cloud. no, no, no. Nothing like that. Oh. As a matter of fact, it's like the exact opposite of, of that, because <laughs> it doesn't even come with the USB converter. It is, they assume that you have a good quality sound card, and so you only get phono jacks, you know, for oh, they speakers and mic on your... Uh, on your headset itself but it does come with a bunch of other adapter kind of stuff like it even comes with like an airplane adapter Ooh, airplane. like so you can plug it in and like to you know if you're on a flight yep. uh, it comes with uh, this is a smartphone adapter so you connect the two two guys from the headset and right. it gives you the uh, you know the headset and mic combined right um, comes with a couple of extension cables you can, you can if you connected all the extension cables it comes with you could probably go about 15 feet just a quick guess with this guy. Wouldn't you uh, want one single long cable, though? Well, uh, okay, so they didn't want to... You could tell what they were going for. They didn't want to put a really long cable just on the headset itself. I guess if right, they because, want you to use it with a phone, they don't. Yeah, uh, so you don't want it incredibly long. I would say it's probably Stuff about... 15 feet in your pocket when you're walking down it, the street. It's probably about a six-foot cable um, that comes on the headset. But okay. then it comes with one of the other things that it's an, that's an extension is also a six-foot cable attached to a little volume control, mm-hmm. uh, you know, mute kind of. Yep. There's, it little. even has like a, like a mute button, like just while like a momentary uh, okay. mute, and then there's a slider. So that gives you another six feet, and then there's another just separate straight cable. So if you don't want to use the mute thing, you could just use the, the straight extension if you need to go like 12 feet or so. Mm. Um, you know, just a bunch of little nice, nice touches. comes with uh, like felt ear liners instead of the leather ones if you want to swap those out um but the the thing is it's basically really soft leather like really you know kind of just soft touch kind of leather to to it to the ear ear pads and to the top of the headset yep and there's and there's actual like the good quality memory foam inside like you could tell you can like squish it with your finger and it kind of make a pillow out of it yeah it leaves a little indentation for a little while like the heat sensitive memory foam stuff 
Um, and it's a really light headset, and the mic is attachable too. So if you just want to use them as headphones, you can just. And this, these the are about a hundred dollars. They're about a hundred bucks. Right. Yep. Interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, uh, Maury. He put. <laughs> was this from last week or is this from this week? He put in there. Let's see. Through the brightest day and darkest night, these will do. Uh, a Casa Vegas LED sixty centimeter light strips. Hmm. I should I should have I should have told him I had a bunch of these. I could have sent them. The, the, yeah, those look like. Are they, the, those the multiple color ones or just? Yep. The, oh yeah. Yep. Uh, I got I got like I got like these are single color. Yeah. Are they? Really? There's like four pins to the connector. Yeah, I think it's RGB. Maybe not. No. I don't. Uh, well, yeah. Exit out of the picture. Can't tell. Exit. Yeah, they have they have chips on each. Listing says red. Yep. Nope. They're individual. Oh. I could have sent them a whole bunch. I got reels and reels of that. Maury, you send me an email. I got I got all kinds of strip LED lights that I probably won't need. Probably won't need. Uh, but seven ninety nine. If you want to add those into your PC, which I know he's uh, preparing his QuakeCon build as we speak. Actually, I think he's writing a, a review as we speak, but. In the back of his mind, he's building his his QuakeCon build. So that's going to do it uh, for our 299th PC Perspective podcast episode for 300. We're probably going to do nothing special. I don't really know yet. Hey, you know what? You are real special. Oh, I will I will be vocal for the 300th. That's not special. That's not special. I'm putting all my stuff in a moving truck just to be for the 300th over there. episode. You know, you could have just brought a headset. That would have been fine. Just no, no, no. It's not enough. I, no. I, you know, go bigger. No, I mean, I mean you only wear wear one special. set of clothes. I mean, how much packing do you really need? <laughs> you know, yeah. He, he needs all his things so that so he, he can, can have, have them. them. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> my glasses and my shoes. Uh, so yeah, that's gonna be it. We'll be back on May fourteenth. That is a day that is happening. Um, I guess that's it. Make sure if you're watching live, be here uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern, 10 a.m. Pacific. Is that right? Yeah. Uh, for the JJ slash Asus Z97 live stream. I really just want to call it the JJ live stream because... Not the JJ. I mean, that's really what it is, right? It's the JJ live stream. The rest, mother, there'll be motherboards or some crap. Yeah, it's I don't King really Julian. know. Not the JJ. The JJ will be there. Uh, join us there, and if you missed it, I'm breaking up. I'm sorry. Who are you breaking up with? Is it me? Uh, my internet connection. <laughs> Fair enough. His, his so addiction. Charter bought up like Bresnan and Optimum yeah. and they're changing bought, a bunch Charter of things. We have and I can't see a damn thing. I just see big fudgy things and you guys are breaking up. Well, you sound great coming back here, so who cares? Uh, we'll be back well, next week, everybody. Uh, that's awesome. I'm Ryan Schrout. I'm Jeremy Elstrom. I'm Josh Walbreth. And I'm Alan Valentano. Goodbye.